RTHK, the news at one with Andrew Shirovsky. Our headlines. The health minister says Hong Kong is ready for any uptick in coronavirus cases as the easing of restrictions gets a warm welcome. The United States becomes the latest nation to impose COVID testing requirements on travelers from China. And officials confirm that all pupils will return to full-day face-to-face schooling in February. The health secretary, Lo Chung Mao, says a further relaxation of COVID rules that takes effect today may lead to an increase in infections, but the minister says the healthcare system is now better placed to handle outbreaks. Close contacts of COVID patients no longer have to isolate, and the limit on outdoor gatherings is abolished. The vaccine pass and PCR tests for inbound travelers have also gone. Speaking on an RTHK program, Dr. Lowe said the changes were not sudden, but were a continuation of a gradual and orderly relaxation. People have now learned more about COVID and how to deal with it. We believe now is the time to switch from government-led infection control to handing over the responsibilities and the rights to the people. Is a case symptomatic? Does one need to see the doctor or take sick leave? We will let people decide. University of Hong Kong epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling told RTHK he was surprised by the announcement of the changes, but he doesn't think the move will make the COVID situation worse. I don't think there'll be any major surge in infections in the territory. In fact, the case numbers will be going down very shortly because of the reduced testing that will be done. Whether there's a surge in infection, I don't think that is actually likely because many of the measures that we have in place at the moment are not actually doing that much to reduce transmission anymore. The the latest variants of COVID that are circulating are highly transmissible. And the reason we don't have more infections is actually because most people in Hong Kong are already immune and cannot be infected at the moment with the strains that are circulating in Hong Kong. Professor Cowling urged the government to announce a timeline for the further relaxation of the remaining measures, including daily rapid tests for children going to school, as well as care home staff and residents. People RTHK spoke to were generally pleased to see the restrictions eased, though some were disappointed that officials had not changed the rules on mask wearing. It's good that we can just go around freely these days. Uh, at the same time, like seems like since everyone got vaccine, so it seems like the case is not as serious as well. So I think it's a good thing. Obviously, it's long overdue. It, it makes daily life a bit much easier at this point. Uh, I mean, I understand in very crowded places like public transport, it's still good to wear masks. But even the mask duty in public space is completely ridiculous at this point. After all three years waiting, and finally people can like go back to home or like their parents, their like friends can come back to uh, Hong Kong or also mainland to see them. But I also think that it is never too late to do such a thing, but uh, it should be earlier, yeah. The foreign ministry in Beijing says COVID travel, travel measures imposed by foreign countries must be scientific, moderate, and should not affect the normal flow of individuals. Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbin made the comments as American officials indicated that the United States would require travelers arriving from China to show a negative COVID test. Washington has now confirmed that the rule will take effect on January the 5th and will apply to passengers from Hong Kong and Macau, as well as the mainland. Italy, Japan, India and Malaysia have also imposed testing requirements. Mr. Wang was asked about the measures. The argument you mentioned is a biased smear campaign and political manipulation with a hidden agenda, which doesn't stand up to scrutiny and runs counter to the truth. 
Mr. Wong said the epidemic situation in China was overall predictable and under control. Italy earlier became the first European country to require COVID tests for visitors from China. Carlo Lavecchia, an epidemiologist at Milan University, believes the restriction is purely a political decision. It's difficult to say. It's essentially a political decision. Now we have in Italy more than 400,000 registered cases of positive COVID persons and probably it's more than one million. So blocking a few hundred or a few thousand from China is not relevant unless a new variant is coming, which to my knowledge is not known now. It gives some appearance to the Ministry of Health, essentially, that they are taking care of uh, something. They are considering the problem, which the key point in Italy will be running uh, booster vaccination to elderly people, and that's uh, not done uh, as expected. The government says full-day face-to-face classes will resume in phases in February. Here's Kelly Yu. In her Facebook post, Education Secretary Christine Choi says secondary schools will resume full-day in-person classes from February the 1st, after the Lunar New Year holiday. Full-day classes will resume in primary schools and kindergartens from February the 15th. Ms. Choi added that from today, school staff and pupils will no longer have to present a vaccine pass upon entry, and pupils will be allowed to take part in extracurricular activities after class. The school staff and pupils still have to do rapid antigen tests every day before going to school until the end of January. The education chief said the requirement stays in place considering the infection risks brought by social interactions in schools, adding that authorities will review the daily rapid test route and make adjustments accordingly. Turning overseas now, a big fire is blazing at a casino hotel in northwest Cambodia on the border with Thailand. The authorities in the city of Poipet say at least 10 people are confirmed dead as the fire in the gambling complex continues to rage after several hours. 30 people are being treated for injuries. President Volodymyr Zelensky, in his end-of-year speech to Parliament, has said that Ukraine's resistance against Russian aggression has made it a global leader. Mr. Zelensky told lawmakers that Ukraine's defiance of the Kremlin had united the European Union and helped the West rediscover its values. We helped Europe and most of the world to feel that to be neutral now is to be, sorry, immoral. 143 states voted for the UN General Assembly resolution in support of the territorial integrity of Ukraine and full implementation of the UN Charter. He again thanked Western allies for weapons and supplies and said Ukraine would continue fighting to recover all its territory and free those held captive by Russia. Pope Francis has asked Roman Catholics to pray for his predecessor, Benedict XVI, who he said was very ill. The Vatican said the health of the former pope, who's 95, had deteriorated suddenly. Pope Francis had earlier been to visit Benedict, who stepped down in 2013 after nearly eight years in the role. Hannah Brockhaus is from the Catholic News Agency. Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI is under medical care of doctors that, uh, you know, his uh, health seems to have declined, they say, in the last few hours. So the Vatican has posted um, on their Vatican News channels a prayer for the Pope Emeritus following Pope Francis's appeal, obviously, for Benedict. 
The governor, the governor of Bolivia's eastern province of Santa Cruz has been taken to La Paz after being arrested on terrorism charges. Luis Fernando Camacho is a prominent right-wing opposition leader who helped oust President Evo Morales four years ago in what the country's current left-wing government considers a coup. An opposition member of Congress, Erwin Bazan, said that Mr. Camacho had, in fact, been kidnapped. La información confirmada es que... The confirmed information is that he was kidnapped near his home, where he was intercepted by a vehicle. They pointed weapons at people who were with him, and they brought him to the Viru Viru airport. Besides that, we can't say where he is. It was a kidnapping because the way he was captured doesn't correspond to the constitutional guarantees of any Bolivian citizen. Indigenous supporters of the government have been celebrating Mr. Camacho's arrest. Phone lines are working once again in parts of Ethiopia's Tigray region after being disconnected for more than a year and a half due to the civil war. The head of the state-owned Ethia Telecom said phone communication had been restored in 27 areas. The internet is expected to be switched back on in the coming weeks. Dr. Fisika Amdou-Selez, a surgeon in Tigray, explained what it meant to people there. It's a very emotional moment for us in Tigray because they have been disconnected from the world. So now it's a very exciting and emotional. And uh, we have seen people arriving, the pictures. We are also talking over phones with friends and family. So it's a very historical moment. After 19 months, a very historical and emotional moment for us. A male university professor in Afghanistan has torn up his academic certificates live on television in solidarity with women banned by the Taliban from studying. Ismail Masal ripped up his master's and Ph.D. documents saying that if women were not allowed to study, he didn't want his degrees anymore. As a university professor, I've brought all my diplomas with me. I've studied for a master's and a PhD. Look, all of them are original degrees. From today, I don't need these diplomas anymore. This country is not a place for education. Today, if my sisters and mother are not allowed to study, I don't want these degrees anymore. Taliban authorities suspended higher education for women last week, a move widely condemned around the world. Girls were already banned from secondary schools. The award-winning musician from Benin, Angelique Kejo, has spoken of the severe food shortages in the north of her country due to drought and the knock-on effect of conflict. Ms. Kejo, a UNICEF Goodwill ambassador, said the war in Ukraine had led to rising food costs and also increased malnutrition. The first victims of this are the malnourished children. And I was in a clinic in Tangeta and I spoke to the pediatricians. And the difficulty is that if we do not find a way to fix the problem of food, we're going to have a huge problem. Because not only we have malnutrition, we have mothers also that are not well fed. So the baby comes in, it's just like it's one thing after the other. And to sports, Manchester City closed the gap at the top of the English Premier League with a 3-1 win at Leeds United. Erling Holland scored twice, including his 20th league goal of the season. The BBC's Lee Blakeman was at the game. 
The gap at the top is cut to five points. Leeds one, Manchester City three. Rodri opened the scoring in first half stoppage time, tapping in after Melier saved Amare's effort. Then Haaland got two in the second half on his return to his birth city. Jack Grealish got the assists for both. Strout headed in a corner for Leeds, 16 from time. They stay two above the drop zone. Final score here at Ellen Road. City five behind Arsenal now because it's ended Leeds one, Manchester City three. The former City winger Steve Stone says Leeds were no match for the reigning champions. Yeah, you can understand that Jesse Marsh set them up to, to contain Manchester City in the first half and try and obviously keep the goal count down. But the fact that they went three and up just showed the quality that Manchester City have got their midfield three of Rodri, uh, Gundogan and KVB. Absolutely just amazing. I thought they were brilliant throughout the game. It was impressive that Leeds stuck to the task and then they came out and pressed in the second half and tried to get back into it. But they've got such quality, Manchester City, in that side. They've got such quality and it was run right through there. Chelsea's Rhys James could be out of action for up to four weeks after re-injuring his knee in Tuesday's win over Bournemouth. More from the BBC's Paul Serres. The Chelsea defender Rhys James is said to be out for between three and four weeks after suffering another knee injury in Tuesday night's win against Bournemouth. James lasted less than an hour of his Premier League comeback from an injury that ruled him out of the World Cup. Chelsea have also announced that 20-year-old Mulder and Ivory Coast striker David Datro Fofana will join the club on the 1st of January. The Leicester City manager Brendan Rodgers says there will be transfer funds available to strengthen the team in January. The Foxes were the only side in the English Premier League not to spend money, any money on transfers in the summer window. Well, I think there's a there's going to be that natural transition. I think the uh, you know the club know that the, there's, there's some players that will need to move on. Um, but what's been made clear is that there there will be monies there uh, in order to bring some players in. So, um, but I think, obviously, players, if they're not playing and, and they want game time, they, they, they may have to look elsewhere. Meanwhile, Rodgers has confirmed that James Madison will miss his side's match at Liverpool tomorrow night. Madison was absent from their 3-0 home defeat to Newcastle on Monday and has been in London receiving advice on his knee from a specialist. Cricket and Australia are closing in on an innings victory and a series over a series win over South Africa. A little earlier, the Proteas were teetering on the brink of defeat with nine wickets down in the second innings for 183. Still 203 runs behind Australia's first innings. Score of 575 for eight declared. In Karachi, New Zealand led Pakistan by two runs with four wickets remaining going into day four of the first test. New Zealand's Kane Williamson and Tom Latham both recorded centuries in their first innings. Uh, and play in that match in Karachi was due to resume a few minutes ago. And the weather mainly cloudy, one or two light rain patches at first, dry with sunny intervals. Rather cool tonight, moderate to fresh northerly winds. Outlook mainly fine and dry with rather cool mornings in the next couple of days. Temperature difference between day and night relatively large. Temperatures rising during the New Year holiday. Temperature right now is 18 degrees with relative humidity 54%. That's the new sports and weather from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3. Dark when you feel lost, wanna be the best, but at what cost? If you're gonna stay here, nothing's ever changing. No big world, gotta see it all. Gotta get up even when you fall. Disappointed waiting. No, oh, they'll try to 
a big step, but you're not alone. Cause we got each other. There's so much you discover. Head strong, but your heart is stronger. Stay calm, walking through the fire. I know you're gonna make it Last couple of 2022. The Brew on Radio 3. Just before 20 past one, it is. After two, Steve with you until five.